Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Welcome back to our Triune Pod. We're dropping two episodes this week. It's Lent. You excited, Ben? Really excited. Lent's great, man. Favorite time of the year. Not really. What's up? No. Well, you know, last uh, earlier this week, we had this really awesome discussion on that New Yorker article. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of being sarcastic. I feel like that kind of bombed. But we are going to discuss <laughs> another article this week. Um, or, uh, again, which, you know, this one's probably a little bit if it's possible, a little it's bit more depressing <laughs> the story about domestic abuse. And that is, and I quote from this overly wordy headline, uh, Ravi Zacharias hit hundreds of pictures of women, abuse during massages, and a rape allegation. Ben, you're the one who wanted to talk about this. Please explain why. Well, friends, I, <laughs> I'm not sadistic. I'm not masochistic. I don't like being depressed, but this collect definitely deals with uh, temptation in our lives. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, for any of you who've grown up in the church, and I think pretty much any denomination, uh, you've probably heard of Ravi Zacharias. I know my my mom who converted to Christianity, she was, I mean, she wasn't converted by Ravi, this is way later, but she was definitely upheld in her faith by this smart apologist. And I, yeah, like my mom would take me to Uber Pentecostal churches, we'd go to my dad's Catholic church, we'd go to my evangelical um, church that I grew up in and that we all had heard of this guy and he was kind of like this beacon of hope against those, you know, smart atheists. We could always count on Ravi to, to, to give us some ammunition. When I would talk to my uncle, like I mentioned a couple of months ago, uh, I always felt a little confident talking to my, you know, secular Jewish uncle when he would try to bash my faith by, I had, uh, I had Ravi's stuff. So I knew what to say. And so, and actually a, a really good friend of mine, a, a little in my fraternity in my college, he actually worked- Your fraternity brother. <laughs> I forgot you were in a fraternity. Very much we, gotta, we, gotta, fraternity. we gotta post some pics of you like just tattling some freaking prepubescent freshman. It's true, it's true. Uh, but yeah, so my, my fraternity brother, he, he worked alongside Ravi as his like the guy who traveled the world with this guy setting up appointments, setting up hotels, probably setting up like these places to for Ravi to go to get a massage. But all this to say, if, if you're completely un unfamiliar with this, this bombshell article came out yesterday about how there are lots of allegations against this apologist and they're true. And this is probably gonna destroy uh, the apologetic ministry that he built that's worldwide and uh, I don't know uh it, like it definitely is a bummer to me thankfully I'm not like I don't like rest my faith in Ravi uh, uh the way I think some people do but uh yeah just I mean, you are you are on a first name basis with him <laughs> yeah yeah that's right uh, but yeah I just I find this like incredibly disheartening and and just kind of like what we were talking about a couple weeks ago with uh Carl Lenz and Hillsong just the 
once again, a, a public figure, his witness destroyed. And this guy, I think way more important, may way more worldwide. But all that to say, yeah, where I think- Way more diabolical. I mean, yeah. not that it's worth weighing. Yeah, no, that's true. Sins, but, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just reading the article is pretty devastating. And I think like very much appropriate for what we're going to read about in a second about, you know, temptations and us assaulted by them. And uh, yeah, just our, at times, just inability. Like this guy's a holy man, at least outwardly projected. And and uh, had all these kind of rules for how he and his colleagues had to live. And yet when it comes down to this one thing, he had no power over it. In fact, like exploited people pretty rough. So on that note, I think we probably need to, I beg you to lead us into prayer, Nick, so that we can be made whole. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Golic for the first Sunday in Lent. Almighty God, whose blessed son was led by the spirit to be tempted by Satan, come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know, the weaknesses of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you could hear that uh, fire. Uh, alarm outside my house but i felt like that was the lord being like i'm on my way i'm on my way protect you guys so but to get to this collect um right off the bat we are told that the spirit led jesus to be tempted by satan i think it's helpful to note right away that in english in american english we use that word tempted but it's probably a little bit better to say that jesus was tested by Satan in the wilderness, which I think is is helpful. I think you and I too, in our Christian lives, we experience these testings, I and mean, where, where we often fail, Christ succeeds. But using the words of the collect, the wording of the collect, uh, Jesus is tempted by Satan in the wilderness. This should make our minds go back to the the ancient Israelites, right? They are delivered out of Egypt, and they are in the wilderness forty years. Jesus comes out of the baptismal waters and immediately is led into the wilderness. So Jesus here is essentially recapitulating this experience of Israel. He is the true Israel. And what does he experience in the wilderness? Well, while our the people of God failed in the wilderness and their testing and the temptations that they experience, Jesus succeeds. And so we, the new Israel, uh, part who've been grafted into Israel anyway, we too uh, experience testings and temptations. We are, uh, I love the language of this call, like assaulted by them. And I think that, that that truly has to be the case for Ravi as well, just assaulted by this thing that he had no power over. Uh, you know our weaknesses, uh, the Kalak says. Let each one find you mighty to save lord save us from this and i don't know about you guys but so i had this experience nick and maybe you've had experiences like this in your life but about 10 years ago it was my my last year of seminary and it was that that period where i wasn't sure that i wanted to get ordained it was just like wow like i've got a couple months before i graduate i'm gonna go off into this world and i don't feel particularly holy 
And at that point, I remember when I would pray, getting to that point of the Lord's prayer, lead us not into temptation. And I like, I literally did not want to pray that part of the prayer. Now, I don't want to like, <laughs> don't, don't get any, any ideas, folks. I <laughs> didn't act out or anything like that. But it was really one of these things where I was just so afraid about getting into the ministry, so afraid probably about like the next step of life. And I kind of just, I don't know, like, like all of us, just just like, I just want to do what I want to do. And like, I don't, don't not lead me into temptation. I want to do whatever it is. And I kind of view that like with the language of this collect as an assault, as uh, something that I just didn't know why I didn't want to pray that, but I just, it's almost as if I wanted to act out. I wanted any excuse to get me out of what I was being called into. Now, I'm not asking you to say like, what you, what are your temptations, Nick, but have you experienced that in your life? I mean, I would say like to use kind of more language of probably the charismatic tradition, maybe the tradition you kind of grew up in more. I would say like, that kind of felt like an unclean spirit thing happening that I needed to be delivered of. And thankfully, you know, I went through as being ordained. I, you know, I had real mentors, real solid Christians in my life to help me through that period of time. But yeah, I was like, what do you talk about with temptation or testing? Yeah, well, uh, I'm glad you brought up the Lord's Prayer because I think that is a way into... Um, what I, I mean, frankly, I think the Bible is, is, uh, says seemingly mutually ex exclusive things about temptation, <laughs> because, uh, I mean, if you just look at James chapter one, for example, that kind of both those ideas are in there. James one starts off by saying, count it all joy when you're tested or when you're tempted or when you're on trial, it's all the same word. Count it a joy when you're tested because testing produces character and perseverance and testing leads to life. That's like James one, two through three. And then a few verses later, James says, God isn't testing you with evil. God doesn't test anyone with evil because that leads to death. So on the one hand, God tests us to strengthen us. But on the other hand, the devil puts us on trial to destroy us. And I think in some ways, the Bible says both those things. And I, I, I have found that confusing for, for a long time. But I think we need a way of understanding temptation that's broad enough to contain both those ideas. You know, that temptation is anything that comes into our life that either leads us to disbelieve or disobey God or provides us with an opportunity to walk in greater faith or obedience. You know, it's kind of an either or, but it's the same, the, the same thing that God would use to produce character and perseverance in us. The devil would use to destroy us. Um, I think that's why we pray, lead us not into temptation because yeah. tests are hard and we oftentimes fail tests, totally. you know? So I think there's just a, there, yeah, it's kind of a paradox in some ways, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, in, in the book of common prayer, there are two, uh, two ways of saying the Lord's prayer. One's more updated language, but uh, lead us not into temptation can also be lead us not into the time of trial. And I like, I like holding those side by side because I, just like you said, um, we are going to experience trials and tribulations of this life. <laughs> uh, what, what is it, Tupac and Nietzsche, they all say like, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I don't, I don't think that's what, uh, the scriptures necessarily mean, but it's not so far off of there is this kind of pruning 
period for believers. The Lord puts us through things only to make us more mature and stronger and more like him. And yet at the same time, the adversary, again, that third character in the grand narrative who is our enemy is trying to trip us up. Um, that's probably not even strong enough language. Uh, that's why I love this language of this collect. We are assaulted by him. So what, yeah. what God might use as a loving parent to help us grow up, grow into him, grow into life, the devil might use to try to destroy us, try to traumatize us, to, to keep us less than human. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, man, that's good. Uh, can, I, can I venture to offer a couple, uh, a couple ways that God, in the language of the prayer, might come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations? Please. Would that be a little too, might, might, this might be a little preachy, but um, one of the things that I found, I've been thinking about this collect and uh, been revisiting some teaching I've done on temptation, the nature of temptation, preparation for it. And one of the things I, I've, I've found really helpful is like, is to maintain sin's ugliness, right? Because what happens is I think what the Bible presents in terms of this anatomy of temptation is that we're presented with the temptation and the priest, the priest, like something comes into our consciousness. It could be gossip and slander. It could be some kind of selfish, selfish action. It's, you know, it's not hard to think of examples of temptation, <laughs> but the presentation, you know, is there and we have a choice like right then and there, right. To like shirk back or to indulge it. And I think when God in the language of the prayer comes quickly to help us, one of the ways that manifests itself is that temp that presentation gets no traction. It horrifies us. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like um, I ran a, I ran cross country and track in high school and a little bit in college. And uh, that afforded me with in a significant amount of time in porta potties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cause like right before a race, you would like run in and you'd be like, Oh my gosh, the race is about to start. I got to get this done quick. I've spent a lot of time in porta potties. Porta potties are disgusting. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, especially when it's really <laughs> hot out, like it's just, it's the worst place to be. And, uh, as you know, I think in some ways the spirit of God is present in our life when the thought of sin it, is likened to like being in a porta potty. It's just like Ooh. awful. You know, we just can't imagine it. And but this this is why this illustration I think lands because imagine someone who's like, oh no man, I love porta potties. Like I take books in there. I just get my phone out. I'm on Instagram. I'm scrolling. <laughs> that person would be insane. It's like you're you're kind of making your home in this place of death. And without the spirit of God, I think that is where our hearts naturally lead us. We kind of make our home in these porta potties of sin. And, you know, I think this prayer is so profound and so pastoral because we're saying, you know, come quickly to help me. And one of the things that means is to, you know, come quickly, God, and maintain the ugliness of sin before my eyes, make it seem like a porta potty, not a, you know, weekend in Cabo. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's actually good. I feel like that's going to be your, your first book. <laughs> What? Like that, that might the, the porta potty experience in this porta potty. We'll we'll find a better title, but maybe that's what we'll title this cast. But no, I do. Yeah, this collect is so great, and just gets even greater as I look at it further. But come quickly, you know our weaknesses. Let us find you mighty to save. And actually, that gives me hope for just after reading this article and feeling pretty bummed out about like the weakness of the church and why so many Christians are acting out and ruining everything but 
the Lord is the one who's mighty to save. He knows the weaknesses of me. He knows the weakness of the church, and he's not going to give up on his church. Uh, so I, I find that really hopeful. Despite our failures, despite our weaknesses, he will you know, do what he's going to do. But also, I think this is hope for, for you and me. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I let's be frank, friends. Like, whatever that temptation is for your life, Nick mentioned a few, gossip, you know, whatever it is. Uh, there are some that we just can't be, going back to the bound will, et cetera. And some are pretty ugly. And like you said, Nick, I'm sure Ravi's just doing his thing, like, and, like getting away with it. Like, this isn't that big a deal. But now it's like going out to the world and we see it for the awful porta potty that it is. And, and, and so often for me and my, when I capitulate to my temptations immediately after you feel awful. Um, and I, I, that's probably a good sign that you feel awful afterward because you know, the spirit's still working on you and, uh, and you haven't capitulated to the, uh, the, the vomit uh, that is sin. Um, but yeah, I, I, I still am like just troubled by just how temptation <laughs> just, just takes over. And um, so come quickly, Lord. And I think, yeah, this is where like, I hate accountability groups. I hate all that kind of thing. And maybe it's better if it's just like one person, but yeah, maybe this is where like a spiritual director or, or the like is good to have someone who you can be like, Hey, this is my thing, and I need someone to check in on me every once in a while because I don't have any power. Yeah, man. Episcopalians don't do accountability groups; they get spiritual directors. <laughs> that is, that is, there's no no greater class class signifier than that. Uh, yeah. One one final thing I thought about this, you know, this idea of temptation, and it relates to the phrase in the collect. You know, the weaknesses of each one of us. Um, there's this. Uh, I, I think I, I just to be clear. I think I'm getting this from like a Tim Keller sermon I listened to about temptation a while ago. He quotes, very Tim Keller thing to do. He quotes this Puritan um, writer. I think his name is Thomas Books. And he, he and in this book, Thomas Books wrote a book called Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. Great, you know, 18th century title. And one of the ways that he explains Satan's devices is this phrase, this very evocative phrase that Satan presents the bait and hides the hook. Satan presents the bait and hides the hook. As if to say, you know, one of the ways temptations work is that you are you feel the short-term pleasures or the immediate benefits, you know, just giving in to that desire to gossip and just laying into someone when they're not there. But the hook, the long-term consequences are hidden from you. And every temptation, right, contains a lie that this will make you happy, that this will feel good, that there'll be no regrets, that it will be different this time, that you'll be able to moderate whatever. And again, I think this is like, of the prayer to, for relief from temptation is a prayer for the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit's job to help us see not just the bait, but the hook that is in every instance of temptation. This prayer, man, so important, so, so relevant. Good. So good. All right. Let's pray it, and we'll let you go. Almighty God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan, come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know the weaknesses of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. 
who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. How about that episode of our Triune Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast.